Hi, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Keep It Pushing. And as usual, I am very excited to be here. Today's episode, we are talking about no other than Queen B herself, Beyonce. Guys, under, unless you're living like under a rock, you have definitely heard about Black is King. And if you haven't watched it, let me just tell you guys, you are missing out. So yeah, today's episode is inspired by Beyonce and her new visual album, Black is King. I am a Beyonce fan. And when I heard about this visual album coming out, I was super excited and I got to watch it a couple of days ago with my roommate and I just wanted to let you guys know about my thoughts, what I liked about it, what are my favorite songs, as well as growing up African and dark skin in Europe, in specific Sweden as well, because this album is inspired Oh, it got a lot of inspiration from, you know, African culture. It is Lion King. And as well as the song, you know, Brown Skin Girls, which if you are African, doesn't even matter if you're African, black, white, I'm sure you have heard about this song. So I just wanted to get more in depth in that topic of colorism, as well as just speaking about Beyonce and just her being a... I don't want to use that word, you know, I was thinking about bad, eh, but no, just her being a boss, like boss, uh, I am so excited. You guys can probably hear my voice sound a little different today because for the first time ever, I'm actually recording this episode early in the morning. It is 7.43 a.m. I have a cup of coffee right next to me. I had a really good night's sleep. Yesterday, I just rested all day. I didn't do anything special apart from my walk. So today, I am full of energy. I am in a good mood, and I'm ready to talk to you guys. So let's get into this episode. So just like any other episode, if you have been here before, I'm going to let you guys know a little bit about how my week has been. It has been a little over a week since I recorded and a lot has happened. So let's start off with my weekend. Last weekend, I had a really good weekend, actually. On Saturday, I went to the beach with one of the girls that I met at dance class. And if you guys listened to last week's episode, you guys know about it. I went to a dance class and I had so much fun. Met a girl there. We decided to go to the beach on Saturday. And yes, we do have beaches in New York. The beach is in Queens. And to my surprise, I have been there before. But this time when I went, it looked even nicer i didn't expect it to be that nice and mind you guys i haven't been on a vacation since november so i guess i was just super excited to just go to the beach because it's the closest to vacation i can get now with everything being shut down but it was so nice weather was beautiful great company I have literally nothing to complain about. Last Saturday was a great, great day. And on Sunday last weekend, what did I do? 
Yes, I was with my friend Jess. We went out here in Brooklyn, went to the Brooklyn Museum, sat there, chatted for a couple of hours. Later on, we took some pictures. And on Sunday or Monday, I weighed myself and I actually lost 10 pounds. And I'm like, let you guys know, I'm going to make a whole episode about it. But during quarantine, I was one of the few people that wasn't depressed or very sad. I actually enjoyed it because 2019, I was working a lot. So when this lockdown happened, I felt like I just needed to rest. So I really took my time with sleeping in. I ate everything that I wanted. I didn't think about my weight. And I just enjoyed it, watched a lot of TV, started this podcast. So by the beginning of June, your girl gained 10 pounds. And I told myself, girl, you need to get back to being active. So what I started doing was taking two hours of morning walk. So I will walk for two hours every morning around the park. I will say one hour, 45 minutes to two hours, and I walk pretty slow. I will make sure to have at least 10,000 steps. So yeah, and since June, now it's July, August. So it's been a little bit over two months. And when I weighed myself, I lost the 10 pounds. And I am super, uber, duper happy about that. Not because of the weight loss. It was just more about feeling like myself again. Because for three months, I was literally just in and I was eating ice cream while I felt like it. I was eating candy because I decided I am not going to go on a diet while this world is on lockdown. No. So I don't regret it at all. And This whole thing about losing the 10 pounds, it has nothing to do with just vanity or how I look. It was more just I wasn't feeling like myself because it was not healthy weight. But yeah, that is another thing that I wanted to mention. Proud of myself for that accomplishment. And yeah, Monday, Tuesday, I was dealing with some stuff with my insurance. I was just figuring out how to pick the right insurance here in America. Something I haven't done before because obviously if you guys are listening from Sweden, you know these kind of things we just take for granted because it's available for everyone. And living in America here, this is the first time that I have decided instead of using an insurance company that is based in Sweden, I will use one that is based here. Guys, it was a hassle. Monday and Tuesday, I was calling around, asking all these questions, Googling, just trying to figure out which insurance is going to suit me the best. I think I have figured it out. So, yeah, I'm happy about that. But you guys came here to hear about my thoughts about Beyonce. And as well, we're going to discuss more about colorism and growing up dark skin in Sweden and growing up African. So let's get into that. As I mentioned in the introduction, I did watch Blackest King a couple of days ago with my roommate. I was so excited when this visual album came out and I just didn't want to watch it alone. I was like, I need to be able to share my excitement with someone else. And while watching it, 
I just want to have someone to talk to and just tell them about because I knew already how dope, how great it was going to be. So I just wanted to share that my thoughts about how dope this is with someone else. So me and my roommate, we had our Ben and Jerry's. We sat in our living room and yeah, we watched it. And I have to tell you guys, I was not disappointed. Black is king. How can I just describe it with very few words? I would say Beyonce is celebrating black culture is celebrating where we are from, embracing the African culture, even film some bits in Africa. I think countries such as South Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, and just talking about where we are from and where we are heading as black people, just talking about the dopeness, our melanin, our futures. And there's this one scene, if you guys have watched it, they had these black girls in the swimming pool where they were swimming. And the first thing I thought about, and correct me if I'm wrong, at least here in America, they have this narrative that black people can't swim. And Beyonce was like, nah, guys, let me show you. We can do, what is it called when they're doing all the dance movements in the swimming pool? I think it's called, oh, guys, I can't remember right now. The word just went out of my mind. But I just, I love that part. And it was just so much about it that I genuinely liked. So Black is King, it is written and directed by Beyonce and it took over a year for it to be done. And one of the things that this reminded me is that we live in a culture where everything, like people just crave this instant gratification. I am one of them. If I take a picture when I'm out with my friends, literally by the time I'm sitting on the train on my way home, I am editing that picture because I just wanna post it so fast and share my excitement with my followers on Instagram. And after watching Black is King and how dope it is, it just reminded me that sometimes for you to create something great, you need to have patience, you have to be consistent, and it is okay not to share everything that you are doing with everyone at once. You can take your time and perfect it what you consider to be perfection and then share with the world and let it out. So basically what I'm trying to say is work in silence and let your work speak for itself. Because at the end of the day, Beyonce have a platform. She could have started promoting this a year ago and build up that excitement. But I just love the way she does things with just giving us a day heads up or just with the lemonade just dropping it from nowhere and she's done this so many times and it works and i can imagine when you do things this way it is less pressure so just a friendly reminder if any of you guys are working on a project and if you're like me we get so excited we want to tell all our friends all like our family members and we want to post on instagram and announce it even before we have a name for our business or our project, it is okay to work in silence and just afterwards let your work speak for itself. 
and I hope that makes sense when what you guys are <laughs> hearing me say. I'm trying to, I'm so excited. I'm just trying to spit everything out. But yeah, that is one of the things that I really thought about after watching this episode. So let's get to the music video, the fashion to start, guys. I don't even know how to describe it if you guys haven't watched it, but I'm sure after listening to this episode, you guys will get that Disney Plus, pay that $7 and watch it. The fashion editorial avant-garde. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right words to just describe the dopeness. Everything was just on point. And when I was watching this this these videos it's not even a video it's many different music videos and if you guys i'm sure you guys mostly know she did release an album um last year so this visual album is just the music videos for that album everything was just out of i'm going to say out of the world but it was so unique and i really genuinely do think that she is a trendsetter in a way but we have to remember as well that Beyonce is very much inspired by the African culture with this album she does have only African artists that are featuring apart from Pharrell Pharrell is in the is part of the album as well but she does have African artists such as Burna Boy, uh, Tiwa Savage, Wizkid, Mr. Easy. I'm sure I'm even forgetting many of the people who are featuring in the album but it is very much inspired by Africa and one thing that I wanted to say is after watching this and I remember telling my roommate I just wished like genuinely wished that an album like this came out when I was younger because when I was growing up as a dark skin, as African in Sweden, you didn't see much of girls who looked like me on TV. And even if you saw them, they were not celebrated in a way that black women are celebrated in this visual album and celebrated in a way because when we grew up we will hear oh this artist is black but the people that were popping back then or that were very popular it was you know Ashanti you will see the Carrie Hilson Beyonce herself and you know afterwards you had artists such as Rihanna Cassie and people will always say that oh they are black artists but they didn't look like me and when we used to watch these um, music videos, all the girls didn't look like me as well. And I, even though I did grow up in Sweden, I was very much into the American culture at a very young age. I was always watching VH1. My mom made sure we had those channels because I just loved it. And I used to watch a lot of MTV as well. So, and I loved so many uh, what is called American artist. So I used to always follow what they did. And yeah, it was just lack of representation. And imagine as a young girl, if you just see girls on TV and girls on magazines that didn't look like you, you obviously 
think that that is what is considered beautiful. And not only that too, I am originally from West Africa. And when I was growing up as well, people there, light skin was considered to be more beautiful. I'm just going to say it out straight up. Like when they would describe someone that is light and beautiful, you would just see how they will lit up. So there were very many moments in my life where I just thought growing up that it was I was lighter, I will be more beautiful. But let's go back to Beyonce right now. But now seeing Beyonce's video and just seeing so many melanated girls, seeing them dark like me, look like me, have futures like me, seeing the women in the beginning when you're she's singing the song Spirit and they were dressed in their African wear dressed like my aunties back home in Gambia, dressed like my grandmother back home. You're seeing them, you know, when they had the, I don't, it's not called a bowl. I don't know the English word, but it's like a big bowl that they had on top of their heads and they're walking. It just brought me back there and seeing people that look like my family members on TV and seeing them celebrated. I really wish that I had that growing up. But one thing that I do want to mention that I'm really happy about, I do have four nieces and I'm so happy that they are going to grow up in a world where they can see black women celebrated in their natural state with their nappy hair, with their curves, and it is considered beautiful. And one thing I have to mention as well is this whole thing of having a big butt, having big lips, and you know, being dark skinned. I know nowadays with social media, it has become a little bit of a trend, and people doing this whole hashtag culture of curves even though some of these people that are you know buying their bodies and I'm not judging I'm just saying now sitting back I'm like this is not a trend we as African we as black women we have always looked like this and for it to start being cool to have a big butt and big lips in 2017 or 2018 nah it has always been cool. It's just that the rest of the world, I just laid on it. <laughs> but if you guys are listening, I hope you guys understand what I am trying to express. Because I think it's like now people say it is cool to have a big butt. It is cool now to have big lips. And these are the same things that people used to bully me about when I was younger. I know people back in Sweden when I was younger, especially between the age of like 12 and 15 before I started gymnasium, I would have people always comment about having big lips as it was something bad and people making fun of me being dark. Or I will hear people comment about you know, when someone is curvy or they had a big butt as I'm like, wow, your butt is so big as that is something bad. And obviously now looking back, I do wish that what they said didn't affect me, but it really did. And now 
I'm like 10 years later or 15 years later, all of a sudden it's cool because I don't want to say this, but because white people are doing it. But no, it doesn't have to be cool because white people are doing it. Black people have had this future since forever. And this is how we have always looked like. And it has always been cool. It's just that the rest of the world didn't catch up yet. Yes, that is what I wanted to say. I hope that wasn't repetitive. But that's what I wanted to say about Black is King. I do love, love, love the song Brown Skin Girl. When I listen to it, it hits me in a different way. I So let's talk about some other songs that I really liked and the videos that I loved the most and everything was great. I love King of the Kingdom by Tua Savage. I love that video. Amazing. I think it was shot in Nigeria. I love the video Mood Forever. I'm sure you guys have seen the memes on Instagram with Beyonce using a white butler and people were, I guess, making fun of that or they had just so many memes about it. I love the video Don't Jealous Me or Don't You Jealous Me with her daughter blue and they're wearing their African wear. Just so, so nice. I love the beginning of the visual album, Spirit. And she's holding this baby on the beginning and they're walking on the beach and they just had these beautiful women just walking there as well, African women. Love, love, love those. Those are my favorite parts. And please let me know what is your favorite a song and your favorite video as well i yeah you can just dm me on my instagram at keep it pushing podcast so those are my favorite songs i felt like i just had to tell you guys a little bit of a story time just so you guys understand my journey with beyonce and why i was just so excited when this visual album was coming out because it's been a journey. So I remember when I was about 10 or 11 years old, this is one of my best memories in life. Me and my sister Rama, we were at our house in Hoosby and my oldest sister, Joanna, came and she surprised us with tickets to go and see Destiny's Child at Gluben. Mind you, as a 10-year-old or 11-year-old, I was so happy, so excited because growing up, me and my sister Rama, we always loved Destiny's Child. This is back when they used to sing these songs. Say my name, say my name. Oh my God, I am traumatizing you guys with my voice. (laughs) But anyway, and the songs when they used to have the no, no, no. All these songs that were like back then, we used to love those songs. And not enough with that, I always wanted to be Kelly Rowland. And obviously, let's mention Kelly Rowland as well, being dark skinned. That is one of the celebrities that I grew up 
that looked like me. So, and I still loved her. And I remember when she was part of Destiny's Child, I always wanted to be her. And now looking back, it's probably because she was the one that looked most like me. She was always my favorite. And my sister would always choose to be Beyonce. Kelly was taking a force. So every time when I was in our living room in Husby, and you guys know, I don't know how it is in America, but back in Sweden, MTV, let's say a music video was playing and they would have a small square box on the right side of the TV and it will show you next video what it would be. And I remember every time it was Beyonce or it was, or if it was Destiny's Child, I will literally scream my sister's name if she was home. I'll be like, Ramo, come. The next song is Destiny's Child. And she would come and we would stand in front of the TV and do all our movements. So movements as in dance. So we have always been a fan of Destiny's Child. So I guess when they were coming to Sweden, my amazing sister Joanna decided to surprise us with tickets. And we were so, 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 so happy. I remember us standing on the line. I remember me and Ramu a week ahead, literally guys, a week ahead, we were trying to figure out what we were going to wear. It was like we were prepping for our wedding day. And I think this was the first time ever going to a very big concert. We have probably been on concerts before, but going to a concert of an artist or artists that we really genuinely loved and liked. And I remember I was so inspired. I loved every moment of it. It was just so nice, like genuinely. And a few years later, my sister Joanna again, I remember her coming and asking us if we had the choice, would we wanna see Pharrell or Beyonce? And back back then, it was like the old days when Beyonce was really the it girl. And me and Ron were like, Beyonce, of course. And a few days later, she got us tickets. We had no clue. She surprised us again. And it was me and my sister who went alone. This time around, Joanna didn't come. And I just remember, I genuinely think going to that concert, it is what inspired me to start dancing. I just remember seeing Beyonce and her dances and she coming out doing the uh-oh and the energy in that room and we knowing the song. And I remember afterwards we went and we bought a poster. It was the Upgrade You poster that we hang on our door back in Hughesby. Me and my sister used to share a room then. And I was just so inspired. And if you guys have seen Beyonce perform live, you, she is to another level. So I'm telling you guys the stories just so you know that <laughs> how much I love Destiny's Child and Beyonce, especially growing up. I was genuinely a big fan. So when this album came out or the visual album, of course, I was very very excited so i am part of the beehive <laughs> just to let you guys know but yeah she has been one of my favorite artists 
and I have followed her journey. I have watched all her documentaries. And I always walk around telling myself when I get lazy, I'm like, if Beyonce have 24 hours in a day, the same hours as you, girl, you better get up. So <laughs> I always think that way. I'm like, 24 hours, both of you guys live on the same planet. Do something with your life. She is genuinely such an inspiration. And that is why when she did this album and it just representing women who look like me and representing the continent I'm from and celebrating that culture and with everything just going on in the world, it just hit differently. So I might be biased with all the positive things I'm saying because obviously you guys know now I'm a huge fan. But yeah, love the album. <laughs> I have talked about the album now for a good 20 minutes. So I just wanted to touch a little bit on colorism and growing up African dark skin in Sweden and my experiences as a teenage girl. I'm not going to go in depth because I feel like I want to dedicate a whole episode in that, but I will just talk about it a little. So growing up African, growing up dark skin in a country like Sweden, I didn't see a lot of women who look like me on TV, in the magazines. And I just remember even when I started buying makeup, to buy makeup was a hassle. It was almost impossible and obviously being 15 and 16 years old you couldn't go and buy Lancome maybe the more expensive brands that I knew about later on when I was a bit older they were the ones probably making darker shades then but when you wanted to just go to H&M and buy the Maybellins and what was it the cheaper brands they didn't have shades that suited me and I just remember everything you just had to do was, when it comes to makeup, was a hassle. And I remember my sister being a little bit more curvier as well before, you know, before the Fashion Nova and the whole stretch jeans concept came in. For us to buy jeans or clothes that just fitted our shapes and how our body is built, it was just really hard. And another thing that I wanted to mention, I did touch a little bit based on it, was, you know, people commenting about your black futures as it was something bad, such as having big lips or being curvy. And I remember people always, not everyone, but obviously when you go to school, there's always this one or two guys or people who just... Now looking back, I'm sure they were just unhappy with their lives that commented about commented about my dark skin and making stupid jokes about, oh, if you turn off the light for us to see her, she has to like smile as in them talking about me. But I really genuinely wish that I could say that I was confident enough that these comments didn't affect me or going to buy makeup i didn't care that they didn't have my shade but it was this kind of stuff that really you know made you insecure about yourself and now i just wish that i can go back in time and 
just tell my younger self how dope I am, how beautiful I am. And it's so crazy what people bully you for at your younger age, now at the age of 27. If it's one thing I love about myself, it is my skin. I love my skin. Another thing I love about myself, it's my lips. I will never ever have to go and get get fillers. If it's something that have I have started embracing is my afro. If you go to my Instagram now, just I love my afro. And these are the things like growing up, I would have never ever worn my hair like my natural hair and just go to school. I will always make sure I braided it or I had a wig and all these things, especially when it comes to weave and wigs, just to look, I guess, more European or look like the girls that you saw on TV. And I don't think I knew how much it impacted me until I got older and thinking back about how I felt about myself because I wasn't the girl that got axed out a lot. I wasn't the girl that media portrayed as beautiful. And obviously when you're a teenage girl, you want to be, I don't want to admit that, admit this, but you do want to be wanted. You do want to be considered beautiful, but yeah, that wasn't the case. And But one thing I do have to mention, one thing that really changed my way of seeing my, my beauty and just, I think beauty should come from within and from your household as well, especially if you're raising kids, just reminding your children every day that they're beautiful, their skin is beautiful, their futures are beautiful. But I remember visiting my sister Ramu in London and I will never forget how shocked I was by the African culture there, the black culture. They have their own clubs. I remember seeing the stores with all just African products and just going there, seeing all these beautiful African black women. And another thing too, just seeing African men who dated African women. I don't even want to get into that topic with Sweden when it comes to some, I'm not going to generalize, but some black men literally deciding that they will not date women that looks like their mothers and their sisters. And not only that, you are entitled to date whoever you want, but people can be disrespectful about it with the comments they make. And I'm not going to say that this is only Sweden. We talk about this in America as well, but growing up in Sweden, you will see these things. But I remember going to London and just seeing, experiencing the African culture, the black culture in a different way where it was celebrated. And this was back in 20, when was this? This was back in 2009, 2010, when I used to go to London with my sister all the time. And that just, it just was an eye opening. So this whole thing with what Beyonce is doing and putting Africa on the map, I do have to say that it is cool. And maybe in the United States, these past two, three years, people started wearing their dashiki t-shirts and listening to Afrobeats. But let me tell you guys, London people has been doing it for ages. They had had African 
African clubs. They have had, you know, African lounges. They have celebrated just this African music way before it got to America. So I'm going to just make a whole episode dedicated to this <laughs> to this topic because I have spoken now for about 40 minutes, I think. So I'm just going to wrap up this episode. As you guys can hear in my voice, I have so much more to say about colorism, about this thing of, you know, America just finding out about this whole African music, the Afrobeats and all that. But <laughs> I can make an episode about this next week or sometime. But anyway, if you guys listen this far, I just have to tell you guys, you are the bomb.com. Construction is literally about to start <laughs> next door. And you guys can hear their music probably in the background. And it's raining. It's a lot going on right now. But yes, I really enjoyed making this episode. Everything I talk about came from my heart and obviously I was so excited I'm sure I missed something that I wanted to say but hopefully you guys get a gist of what I was trying to tell you guys about this episode just being excited and happy to see women who look like me celebrated on a big scale like Beyonce's platform and young girls being able to grow up and see women who look like them on TV and even black men as well. There were a lot of black men on that visual album or on the videos. But anyway, I'm going to start off my day. As I mentioned, it's raining today. So I guess there will not be me walking around around the park for two hours. I'll probably just do a home workout. But I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. I appreciate you guys. I'll be back with a new episode shortly. <laughs>